Would you stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful Word of the Lord? Man, I'm excited about God's Word today. How many of you are excited about God's Word? Amen. Amen. Well, we'll see in a few moments whether you are or not. (laughs) Hey, the Lord has encouraged me to declare the year 2016 a year of prayer. So we are emphasizing uh, prayer at the Grace Place throughout this coming year. Right now we are presently in a sermon series about prayer, and this happens to be sermon number five. Sermon number five. I, I, I just believe God is going to, going to do some incredible, uh, outstanding, supernatural, miraculous things this year as a byproduct of, of our prayer. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. Uh, let, let's look this morning at the book of Second Chronicles, chapter number 20. The book of Second Chronicles, chapter number 20. I don't normally read this much, but I need to read it this morning, so please pay uh, close attention. And uh, it's an exciting passage. If you'll pay close attention, it'll be easy for you to remain uh, focused. But Second Chronicles, chapter number 20, not Corinthians, that's in the New Testament, Chronicles in the Old Testament. Second Chronicles chapter number 20 began reading with verse number 1. The Bible says that it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is uh, in Gede. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And here's his prayer. He prayed, O Lord God of our fathers. Are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might, so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God, who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and gave it to the descendants of Abraham your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple. And we will cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And now, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of, of uh, Madaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. 
And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because, this, because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, uh, they looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Baraka until this day. Then they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem, with Jehoshaphat in front of them, to go back to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. Isn't that an exciting story? Amen. Father, we just thank you today, God, that you are an awesome and an incredible, a mighty and a powerful God. And I thank you that you are my God and that you are a, you are a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. God, I just pray today, Father Lord, that your anointing will rest again 
upon the message, upon the messenger, Lord, today. Give us ears to hear the word of God today. Father, all for your glory we ask in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Jehoshaphat was one of the really few good kings. There were more bad kings than there were good, but Jehoshaphat was one of the, one of the good ones. He loved God and he loved his people. And in our scripture for today, his people are about to be invaded. And they are in grave danger. What would this king do in order to protect his people? Well, we have read and we discovered that this king chose to pray. This king chose to uh, call his people to pray. This king realized the awesome power and the protection and the provision that is available through prayer. My challenge to you today is to turn your situation over to God in prayer. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you are up against. But my challenge for you today is to turn your situation over to God in prayer. To seek the help and the hope that you need through prayer prayer. Well, I want us to examine our scripture uh, for today. And and as we uh, uh, go through this scripture, there are three things that I see in this passage that that, that I believe that God wants to call our attention to. I believe God wants to put a, a spotlight on these three things today. The first one this morning is simply this. Today's burdens often turn in to tomorrow's blessings. Today's burdens often turn into tomorrow's blessings. I'm going to suggest three positive things uh, that often happens as a result of our burdens. You say, Pastor, something positive uh, can can come about through our burdens? Yeah, I, I think there are three positive things that often happens as a result of our burdens. The first one is our burdens cause us to realize our limitations. Oh, they should, amen? Our burdens should cause us to realize our limitations. We find that in verse number 12. Where Jehoshaphat in his prayer, he cries out to God and he says, We have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. Can can you sense the urgency? Can, Can you see the desperation in his words? God, he, he prays, we, we don't know what to do. God, we are, we are absolutely powerless over this situation. We are powerless over this people. There, there are so many uh, of these and they are so powerful. God, God, we are powerless and we just don't know what to, what to do. And we need to remember this morning that this is the king talking. I mean, a king would have an entire army at his disposal. But but I ask you this morning, did he call on the general of of his army for help? No, he called on the general of heaven's army. I love the story of the flea that was riding on the back of the elephant. And after they crossed the bridge, the flea said to the elephant, Wow, we really shook that bridge, didn't we? No, tiny flea, you had absolutely nothing to do with the shaking 
of the bridge. And listen to me, listen to me this morning. We, you and I this morning, we are, we are like a flea riding on the back of an elephant. We have very little to do with the outcome of anything. And yet so often it's not until a crisis arises in our lives, only then do we realize our limitations. See, see, realizing our limitations is actually a positive thing. See, it's the first step in order to get help for our crisis. Notice something else. Our burdens cause us to reach out to God. Our burdens cause us to reach out to God. I find this in, in verse 5, verse 6, and verse 12. Let me read those to you again. It says, Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us. Nor do we know what to do. But, but God, our eyes are upon you. Our eyes are upon you. Notice the phrase uh, at the end of of verse number 12, but our eyes are upon you. Jehoshaphat was saying, God, we don't know what to do about this situation, but God, you do. We don't know what we're supposed to do. We we don't have a clue as to what we need to do here, but, but God, you know, and God, we are reaching out to you. God, we are reaching out to you for help. God, you are all powerful. God, you are in charge of everything. God, you can do everything. You can do anything. And God, you are our source. Today's burdens often turn into tomorrow's blessings. This happens when our burdens cause us to realize our limitations and then our limitations cause us to reach out to God. Another positive thing that can happen because of our burdens is this. Our burdens cause us to remember God's faithfulness. Our burdens should cause us to remember God's faithfulness. We find that in verse number 7 where Jehoshaphat prays and he says, are you not our God? Are you not our God? Oh, our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel. Oh, our God that gave it all to the the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever. Jehoshaphat had not forgotten about God's faithfulness. He hadn't forgotten about what God had done for them in the past. Oh, I'm afraid that we, today, we are too quick to forget God's blessings of the past. Too many, too many of God's people have, oh, the, have the, what has God done for me lately attitude. What has God done for me lately? Well, oh, but listen, when the, when the crisis comes, when a, when a new burden appears in, in our life, we begin to think back at former burdens, oh, and how God has intervened for us. Don't look around this morning or point out anybody this morning, but think of all of the people that you know who only come to church when a crisis arises in their life. Think of the people, oh, they don't ever want anything to do with God. They don't want anything to do with the church. Oh, you know, until a crisis arises. And then when the crisis arises, then who is it that they call for help? Who is it that they call for prayer? 
I love the story of the man who decided to backslide. Things weren't going just right in his life and he was struggling and, and he was just a little bit tired and weary and a little bit tired of, of the whole Christian scene and so the man decided to backslide. But he thought to himself, he said, you know, I've been serving God uh, for a long, long time and it wouldn't be just right for me to just to walk out on God without having one final time with God. And so he decided that he would pray one final prayer and he would tell God that he was leaving, tell God he was walking out, tell God that, that he was through serving him, tell God that he, was, that he was backsliding and he was walking away from him. And so this man gets on his knees and he begins to pray and he says, God, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm weary. Things are not, you know, you haven't really been doing what I think you ought to be doing lately and things are not going the way I think they ought to be going and I'm, I'm discouraged and I'm distraught. I'm a little bit angry. I'm a little disturbed about some things in my life and so I just want to, I'm just decided I'm going to backslide. I'm going to wait. I'm going to, I'm going to walk away from you but, but God, I've been walking with you for a long time and I felt like I ought to at least let you know what I'm doing. And while I'm down on my knees, he said, maybe I ought to think about it for a moment. Maybe I ought to, probably ought to thank you uh, while I'm down here. He said, in fact, it's coming back to me now, God. Uh, I, I remember what life was like now uh, before I met you. Um, I was an alcoholic. My wife was uh, divorcing me. I was losing my business. That's the shape that I, my life was in before I met you. But, but when I met you, you saved me and you changed me and you delivered me and you set me free and you put my marriage back together and you saved my business. Oh, now I also remember the time that my baby girl was so sick. Oh, she was in the hospital and she was so sick and, and not expected to live. But we prayed and, and the people of the church prayed and God, you healed her. And, and she didn't die. She lived. She's still alive today. And I remember the time and I remember the time and I remember the time and and you know what, God? I don't think I want to say goodbye after all. I don't think I want to backslide after all. Today's burdens often turn into tomorrow's blessings. They do so when we remember God's faithfulness. Let me ask you this morning, has God been good to you? Has God been good to you? Oh, oh has your relationship with him been a positive one or a negative one? Has he brought good things into your life or has he brought bad things into your life? Three things we can glean from our scripture today. Number one, today's burdens often turn into tomorrow's blessings. The second thing that I find in this passage is this. Today's blessings often turn into tomorrow's burdens. You didn't see that one coming, did you? But it's true, today's blessings often turn into tomorrow's burdens. Here's a, here's a difficult truth to hear this morning. Sometimes the people you help will end up hurting you. Sometimes the people you help will end up hurting you. Such was the case with our scripture today. We find that in verse number 10 and verse number 11. Jehoshaphat says, and now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. 
whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession which you have given us to inherit. So according to King Jehoshaphat, God wouldn't allow them to destroy these people earlier. They totally left them alone and didn't kill them and didn't destroy them. And now, now later, these same people who they had spared, was now about to attack them. Today's blessings often turn into tomorrow's burdens. Sometimes the people you bless will turn out, will turn around and curse you. The people you help will end up hurting you. It's happened to me. In 43 plus years of full-time ministry, there, there, there have been times when I have felt like the man in the Civil War who didn't want to take sides. And so because he didn't want to take sides, he put on a blue coat and a gray pair of pants and he got shot, got shot by both sides. Often people put me in the middle to help. And before it's over, I get shot by both sides. It's okay. I've got lots of wounds, but they heal. I'll never forget what an older pastor said to me when I was just a very, very young pastor just starting out in the ministry. And I, I, I remembered it. There are some things that you don't just stick and you just remember. And, and I found this to be true. He said to me, he said, be very, very careful and be very, very cautious with people. He said, when you go to a new church and you begin to be a pastor of a, a, and you're initially just new in the pastorate of, of a church, he said, be very, very cautious and be very, very careful, careful with people who are very quick to embrace you and kiss up to you. He said, because this, he said, the first people to eat you up will be the first people to spit you out. And he's true. Sometimes the people you help will end up hurting you. Have you ever experienced this? If you've lived very long, you have. Amen? Today's blessings often turn into tomorrow's burdens. Here's what we need to understand this morning. Even God's blessings come with their own set of burdens. Let me ask you this this morning. Is your spouse a blessing to you? Three of you it is. <laughs> is your spouse a blessing to you? Are your children a blessing? How about your grandkids? Yeah, I knew that one would get I'd get that one. Amen. Let me ask you this this morning. Have they also produced a few burdens along the way? 
to feed them, to clothe them, to house them, to teach them, to train them, to put up with their drama. Let me ask you this this morning. Has God ever given you an assignment? Has He ever opened a door for you? Has He ever given favor to you for a job or for a position? And when God gave you favor for that, for, for, for that job or favor for that position, did you consider that a blessing? Well, let me ask you this this morning. Have there been any burdens to bear that accompany that job or that position or that opportunity that God blessed you with? See, see, today's blessings often turn into tomorrow's burdens. Let me ask you this this morning. Why are we so quick to accept God's blessings and yet so slow to accept the burdens that often come along with God's blessings? Here's what I believe this morning. If you obeyed God from the outset, you can trust Him when the obstacles appear. We find that in verses 12 through 15. Jehoshaphat prays, he says, Oh, our God, Will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now all Judah, with their little ones, their wives, and their children, stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Madaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, because the battle is not yours, but God's. Just because God told you to do something, just because that you are living in God's will, that still does not isolate you from the attacks of the enemy. But the good news is when the attacks come, you can trust God to fight your battle for you. Here's what I try to practice in my life. When God gives me clear direction, when God gives me clear instruction on something, I try to carry out His instruction to the letter of the law. I try to do exactly and precisely exactly what God told me to do. Because I have learned that even though God has led me into something, that in and of itself does not mean that there will not be obstacles to overcome. But when those obstacles appear, when my blessing turns into a burden, if I, was, if I was obedient to God, if I followed His instructions to the letter, if I obeyed God from the outset, I can trust Him when the, obs- when the obstacles appear. I'll never forget when we planted the church in Midland 24 years ago now. And God gave me precise instructions. He told me what to name the church. He told me where to put the church. He told me some specific 
things. And when I got there, when I got there, I had all kinds of opportunities to change the focus, to get money, to get people. If I would only, first of all, change the name, I could have people, I could have money, I could have a building, but I had to change the name. If I were willing to change the location, I, I, could, I could buy a, a really nice modern building for 10 cents on the dollar. I didn't have a building at the time. It was an incredible, incredible temptation. But I recognized that it was, I was there because God called me. I was there because God spoke to me specifically. And I knew that the only chance I had for success was to do it God's way. Yes, I went and I was trying to follow God. But the, but the thing that I must do is do it exactly and precisely the way God told me. Because I knew that if I did it exactly the way God told me to do it, then God was responsible for the outcome. I was simply a, a responsible for obedience, but God was responsible for the outcome. Let's look at the third thing I see in our scripture today. Number three, I see here this morning that today's blessings, as well as today's burdens, should draw us closer to God. Today's blessings and burdens should draw us closer to God. Let me share with you how this happens. Number one, our burdens should cause us to pray. Verse number 18, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. See, what we need to understand this morning is that that the purpose of, of both blessing and burden is to draw us closer to God. I don't, think we, I don't think we understand. I don't think we get it. Do we, do we not understand how much God wants to fellowship with us? Do we not understand that God wants to spend some quality time with us? Perhaps, perhaps God allows some of our burdens so that we will come to Him in prayer. And as we come to Him in prayer, then we will have time to spend with Him. And He will have time to spend with us. Someone told me not too long ago that, that, that if, they could, if they could cancel the crisis in their life, that they would choose not to. That if they were given the choice to cancel the crisis in their life, they would choose not to cancel the crisis. They went on to say that they had never experienced the presence of God to the degree they were experiencing it right then. And right then, they were walking through the darkest valley of their life. But to them, it was worth it. It was worth it to experience God at a level, to experience God in a dimension that they had never known before. And if they were given the opportunity to cancel the crisis, and it was a horrific crisis that they were in, but they would say, no, they would not cancel it. But yes, they would continue in the crisis because God was showing up. His glory was showing up. His presence was showing up. Amen. They were meeting God in a level, in a place, in a dimension they had never, ever experienced before in their life. Today's blessing as well as today's burdens should draw us closer to God. Our burdens should cause us to pray. Our blessings should cause us to praise. 
Verse number 19. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Let me share three things about praise this morning and then we'll be done. Three things about praise. Number one, let me suggest that praise produces his presence. Praise produces the presence of God. Verses 22 through 24. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. Two things we need to learn here. Number one, God shows up when we praise. God shows up when we praise. And the second thing we need to learn here is that God is that praise confuses our enemy. See, see, the very ones that that had become allies. They had come together. They had joined their armies together. The very ones that had become allies and had placed a target on the backs of God's people. But when God's people began to praise, oh, this group of allies became, un- became confused and began to turn on one another and totally annihilated each other. God shows up when we praise. True praise confuses our enemy and makes him ineffective against us. Oh, will somebody praise God in this house today? But not only does praise produce his presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, but also praise produces his presence. P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. His presence, His gifts. Praise produces His presence. Praise produces His gifts. God rewards those who praise Him. Verse 25 and verse number 26 said that when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were there three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. Our blessings should cause us to praise. You ever done anything for somebody and they don't even thank you? Or they treat you like 
that's what I expected, you know. Okay? It's Christmas. <laughs> I'm your kid. I expected 12 gifts. Huh? Yeah. Are there more? <laughs> You're the pastor. You get paid. I, <laughs> I expected you to show up. Yeah, no big deal. I don't like it very much, do you? When that happens to me, do you like it? Do you like to do something for somebody and they don't even recognize you've done anything for them? Saying nothing or very little? Maybe you've done a lot. Just take it for granted, no big deal. I don't, I don't like it. I wonder if God likes it when we take his blessings for granted. Our blessings should cause us to praise. Let me ask you this morning, has God been good to you? Has God blessed you? Has He provided for you? Has He protected you? Now, now, now hear me this morning, God's gifts or presence should not be our motive for praise, but pure praise, motivated, oh, by who He is, not by what he, ha- what he has done. Pure praise, pure praise, praising Him because of who He is will produce His presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, pure praise will produce God's gifts. Notice one last thing about praise this morning. Praise produces his peace. We find that in verses 27 through 30. Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. Praise produces his peace. Wow. Verse 30 in the New Living Translation says, So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every where earlier they were distressed, where earlier they were in fear, where earlier, oh, oh, they were concerned and they were worried about these allies that had come together, oh, that were, that were going to come after them and were going to destroy them and run them out of their land. Oh, but because of praising God and obeying God in praise, when it was all said and done, the Bible says God fought the enemy for them and God won the battle for them. And the Bible said that God gave them, all of them, rest. He gave them peace. Let me tell you this morning, if you're troubled, if you're struggling, amen, if you're burdened down this morning, let me tell you what you need to do is you need to praise God. You need to get into His presence by praising and worshiping and glorifying and magnifying God. And as you get into His presence in praise and in honor and in glorification of the, of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, let me tell you, there's going to be a peace, amen, a peace that you haven't known ever before, a peace that, that has been absent in the past, that peace that passes all understanding is going to guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus, that it's going to come through praise. So I ask you this morning, are you troubled today? 
Is the enemy harassing you today? Try praising because praise produces his presence and his presence produces peace. We get the worship team back in place real quickly this morning. The takeaway of our message today, God has a purpose for our burdens and our blessings. God has a purpose for our burdens and our blessings. Romans 8 and 28 says that we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and that are called according to his purpose for them. The second takeaway for the message today is we will not always understand God's purpose. Isaiah 55 verse 8 and 9 says, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. He said, for just as The heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed in his presence this morning. The altar call this morning, our burdens should cause us to pray. Our burdens should cause us to pray. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning, nobody's looking around this morning. How many would lift a hand? Say, Pastor, I, I have a burden in my heart. There's something that's burdening, burdening me this morning. There's some things in my life. There's some difficulty in my life this morning. And I want to pray about it this morning. Can I see your hand all over this room? I have some burdens this morning, Pastor. I'm carrying some heavy burdens today. I'm carrying some heavy burdens today. Well, listen. Listen, our burdens should cause us to pray. Our burdens should cause us to realize that, you know what, I just can't carry this burden by myself and I certainly can't do anything about my burden. But I can pray. God, I don't know what I should do, but God, my eyes are upon you. God, I don't know what to do about this, but God, you do know what to do about this. And the good thing about King Jehoshaphat was he knew where to turn. He didn't really know what to do about the situation, but he knew who to turn the situation over to. And see, we don't have to have all the answers. We just have to know the one who does have the answers. Father, I just pray this morning for everyone this morning that lifted a hand there carrying a heavy burden this morning. I don't know what the burden is this morning, but you do. God, I pray today that they will turn that burden. They will turn that care. They will turn that anxiety over to you today. God, I pray that you will show up. You will show up in their life and you will help them you will help them this morning God you will help them carry the burden or you will lift the burden from them either way God either way it's a win it's a win we understand that we may not know all the little purposes for these things but we know the main purpose is the main purpose is so that so that we can draw closer to you and so that you can draw closer to us second part of this altar call this morning our blessings should cause us to praise. Our blessings should cause us to praise. My question to you this morning, how many would lift a hand and say, Pastor, Pastor, I have a lot of blessings in my life. I have a lot of blessings. Can I see your hand this morning? That should be every hand here. The fact that you're here this morning, if you were able to walk in here, and I didn't see anybody carried here this morning. I saw a few people kind of shuffling their feet and barely making it here, but they made it here. And if you made it here on your own two feet this morning, amen, that and that alone. And most of all, if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, if you are saved, if your sins have been 
covered in the blood of Jesus. If God never does anything else for you than that, that's the greatest blessing of all. Amen? Amen. So let's stand this morning and let's bless Him this morning. If, we, if you have blessings this morning, if God has blessed you, amen, we need to praise Him. Our blessings should cause us to praise. So let's lift our hands, let's lift our voices, and let's give Him praise, and let's give Him glory, and let's give Him honor in this house this morning. Hallelujah. Lift your voice this morning. Give Him praise. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy.